Hey everybody, welcome back to the Third Deck Lounge podcast. Today my guest is Fitzy Mess, or uh, by his actual name, uh, William Fitzpatrick. And um, this is going to be a really cool podcast. we got a lot of cool stuff we're going to talk about. Uh, welcome to the show, man. And dude, this is so cool for me talking to you right now. <laughs> I appreciate that. It's cool to be here, man. I, like it. I, I, I talk way too fucking much, so being on a podcast where it's socially acceptable is kind of nice, you know? Yeah, yeah, this is going to be great, man. Um dude there's so many things that i want to talk to you about and we we got some questions and shit too um i think uh where i want to try and start it out is um is in the marine corps like what was your marine corps experience like and being in three six and just uh we could start there i guess yeah sure uh so i joined uh i joined right out of high school and i went to uh boot camp in september 2009 um so a lot of people don't know this. I guess I don't reference it enough in my music, but I actually was in a uh, fast company. I'm one of them security fags, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I was in fast company for uh, two years. And then I went to three, six after that, um, which well, honestly was a cool. The only combat deployment I had was actually while I was in fast. Uh, my platoon got activated to reinforce the embassy in Yemen during their civil war in 2011. So I'm really grateful for my experience in fast, even though it got my balls busted in the fleet a lot, you know, <laughs> um, I had three deployments just in the two years I was in fast too, which was kind of wild. I went to Guantanamo Bay twice, um, Bahrain, Yemen. And then, uh, yeah, left fast company, I think in June of 2012, um, showed up to three, six as a corporal out of security forces. So as you could imagine, I wasn't the most well-liked guy day one and three, six, you know, <laughs> which is fair, which is fair. I understand, you know, but, uh, you know, I, everyone came around to me and I had a really good experience in three, six, made a lot of good friends. And then, uh, my only deployment in three, six was actually uh, a UDP to uh, Okinawa, Japan. So I'm a proud, proud Oki veteran. Oh, All right. Shit. So yeah. Proud Oki warfighter. You know how it is. Yeah, absolutely. Dude. Uh, that was, that was one of the places I went to going down to Oki. Um, yeah, that sucked. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's so weird. It's such a beautiful fucking place. Oh, like, yeah, I, yeah. It's so weird to be in a place that looks like it should be a vacation and just be made miserable the whole time. It's yeah, just like a weird yeah. I, the biggest thing I regret about Oki is that I didn't try more food there. I mean, I got a bunch, I got a tattoo and I got, um, I mean, I kind of, I was just in my room a lot. I didn't, I didn't do enough. I should have gone out more with my friends. Oh, you know, I had the same kind of kind of thoughts about it because I didn't really I mean, we had like curfews and you weren't allowed to drink at all. Like, I don't know if anything's changed, but we weren't allowed to drink at all outside of base when I was in because those like sailors like raped a chick out there or something. I don't know if I can oh, say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> no, I mean, but, um, uh, we could drink. Uh, there was still the curfew, though. And we had to have uh, we had to have buddies. Yeah, we well, we same thing. We had to have buddies and everything, but we weren't allowed to drink at all. Like. If we um, came back, the uh, the gate guards had, like, breathalyzers and shit. If you drank at all out in town, you were going to get five, whatever. So I didn't go out a whole lot, but I did get some sushi, and I did go to the aquarium, which was fucking awesome. Yeah, and I you went know, to that I, place, too. Yeah, it was yeah. Dude, one of the coolest cool. things I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge-ass aquarium. <laughs> I got to say, though, I actually – so, oddly enough, I learned how to use chopsticks in Okinawa. I never used them before. Really? But, yeah, I never – like, I've only gotten sushi once or twice before I was in the Marine Corps, and I used a fork because I was like, why the fuck do I, I want to learn that? <laughs> but I had this I had this thing where I was like, I don't want to look like a dumb tourist. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, I know what I you mean. I didn't want to be yeah. in, in the country of Japan and be like, hey, could I get a fork to eat this shit, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's so cool. 
Yeah, I I remember they um I don't know if this was before or probably maybe after they they told us at the little uh, brief when we got there they were they were saying hey uh, don't go do anything crazy a couple a couple rotations ago some dudes stole the uh, the manta ray thing they had outside of Schwab there was uh, like their little protest symbol or something and apparently that really uh, that really pissed them off I don't know who what year that had happened there's a lot that of crazy had, stuff. So. Jesus. Yeah. They, <laughs> they they told us it really pissed off the locals. And yeah. then um they even got a picture of uh some lieutenant uh giving a thumbs up to them and they took the picture and like twisted it into uh them being like, Oh yeah, they support them not being here. <laughs> you, you know it's it's funny you bring that up because uh I remember like I was on Schwab the whole time I was there and there was like always protesters outside the gates yeah. and we were like when we were loading up, going to the field and shit, they'd be out there with their sign, no spray, mm-hmm. no spray and all that shit. And yeah. uh, I used to be like, I used to be like, yeah, I kind of fucking feel them though. Like, you know, we, like we knew, we fucking nuked them twice, like less than a hundred years ago. And now yeah. we're just like sitting in their backyard chilling, you know, I, that would piss me off too, you know? Yeah. I remember uh, one time I was on a uh, working party down to one of the other bases and we were sitting in the back of the Humvee and we were riding um, down a street and behind us, there was this driver and he was just flipping us off with both his hands. And we were like, all right, we are very not liked here, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the only country I didn't really learn any of the language. I used to I used to make an effort to like every country I went to, mm-hmm. like learn a little bit of the language. But Japan was the only place I didn't learn shit because like the locals did not fucking like us at all. So I didn't want to go up to them and be like, teach me how to speak like you, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We didn't we didn't train with the Japanese at all either. We didn't. Yeah, no, us, I never even saw a Japanese like troop or whatever. I don't, you know. Yeah, when we were weird. on Fiji, we uh we saw them, but we didn't we didn't have any interaction with them. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, so I guess you came back, and that was probably your your last appointment, I assume. Yeah, okay, it was my last one. And you want to know the shit of it? You know when you get uh, so when you do security forces, you got to do a five year contract. And oh uh, yeah. So I remember I came back from Oki and I got 30 days of my, my post-appointment leave. So I drove up to New York to stay with my mother for the, for the month. And then when my leave was up, I was the day that my leave was up and I had to drive back to Camp Lejeune. I was driving back on the exact day of my four year mark. And I was just like the whole time I'm driving down to Lejeune, just like cursing at myself. Like you fucking idiot. You could have been out today, you know, oh my God. <laughs> and I had a, I had a fucking year <laughs> left. <laughs> Makes you want to hit up your uh, recruiter and, just cuss them out. <laughs> no, no, I gotta, I gotta be, I gotta give credit where it's due. My recruiters were very honest with me. I gotta, I know I'm not t- talking to everyone's experience. I know there's mm-hmm. are people who've been fucked by recruiters and some of them are dishonest and they got to make mission by any means, but I got to give credit where it's due. My recruiters were very, very honest. They didn't, they didn't promise me a rose garden, so to speak, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I had the, I had that same, same type of a uh, recruiter. He he told me over and over again. He's like, you're so smart. Why would you go to the infantry? Go, go yeah. work in computers. Stop. <laughs> Why, what are you doing, kid? Stop. <laughs> yeah. I had, I had one that worked in my office. He said one of the funniest things I ever heard. He's like, dude, everyone that comes in here and gets a fucking 80 on their ass back wants to be infantry. And everyone that comes in and gets a 30 wants to be counter Intel. I don't understand what the <laughs> fuck. <but> <laughs> <laughs> that's actually that makes sense though because those dudes that are doing intel and you get all those weird trgs that don't even make sense and you're trying to sit there and <laughs> and like piece together what this map's trying to say yeah um, yeah oh man don't miss that <laughs> um and then um so i guess here's one of the one of the questions and it was uh 
what are your thoughts on the uh, the new Marine Corps and like what everything is uh, like these days? And is uh, Welcome to the Infantry, like your song is still uh, relevant in today's uh, times? Um, well, I get, I mean, I guess the only things I've heard about the, the new Marine Corps, if you want to call it that, is like, it's all hearsay. It's all like rumors and, you know, memes on the internet. Like I'm not in anymore, so I don't really know. You know, I guess it's like I'm in a place where I'm not in the best place to answer the question because I don't really know what's going on like day to day. I've heard like rumors, you know, like even as far back, like when I was in and I'm not trying to say far back, like I fucking fought World War II. Like this was like, <laughs> 10, this was, like a little over 10 years ago, whatever. But um, even when I was in, though, people were saying like, you hear they're getting stress cards at boot camp now. Like, you know, there's always like something yeah. that, that people are upset about. But it reminds me, there's like this joke I heard one time. And it was one of, it's one of my, till this day, one of my favorite jokes ever. And it was like, um the first marine ever walks in a ton tavern signs up for marines uh the marine corps the bartender gives him a beer says welcome to the corps the second marine ever comes into ton tavern signs up the bartender hands him two beers and says welcome to the corps and he goes and sits down and the first marine goes oh they're giving two beers now not back in my corps <laughs> you know and that's like a joke I, that always stuck with me because it's like you know i'm sure there are changes that, that I, I probably wouldn't approve of if i knew about them or whatever but mm. at the end of the day like i try not to be a a back at my core guy like, yeah. you know i i'm sure whatever's going on in your lives your lives are still miserable enough to make you effective war fighters you know what i mean yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i think it's still pretty relevant um your music and stuff i think it just still hits the we'd be on the catwalk listening to it occasionally on weekends i'm happy shit. to hear that man yeah. yeah i was gonna say actually welcome to the infantry like i mean i i don't know you tell me like you you got out <laughs> a little more recently i mean yeah, no, I'd say it's pretty relevant. I remember being uh my first couple of days in the fleet, I was in my buddy's uh room and he's playing playing your songs and I I'd, I'd never heard of it before and I was like, "What well, who the fuck is this?" and I'm listening to the lyrics and I'm asking him about it. And he's like, "Dude, it's Fitzy Mess. You've never never heard of him?" And I was like, "I I just got here. The fuck?" <laughs> Dude, that's so uh, you know what? I I'm sorry. I got to stop you for one second. No, you're good. I've never heard I've never heard a story where somebody was like upset that you hadn't heard of me, so that's kind of that's <laughs> inflating my ego like Im- immensely, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> I got I got to <laughs> message him that when he hears it in the podcast. So sure, sure. That's him. Okay, so I got to ask you, man. What what was it like uh be, going to Heroes and going in like the barracks and shit like on weekends cuz oh, we lost all that in 2018 with the the hurricane? Yeah, that was devastating. Dude, when I saw that, I, I, I shit you not, man. I've seen a lot of, like, news. You know, I still follow all, like, what's going on. Mm-hmm. That was devastating. That was heartbreaking, man. I, I could like, I feel I feel so sorry for, like, Marines now that are going to be in that that had not point area and not get to experience heroes. But, yeah, I was, uh, I actually, I didn't go there. When I first showed up to 3-6, I didn't go there for a long time because, like, my thought process was who the fuck wants to go to a bar on base, you know, like it's kind of you know what i mean like that's that sounds so that sounds like the opposite of a good time but once i started going <laughs> and you know there was enough of us there the, the 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 oh another thing that's not there anymore is tanks yeah um the second tanks barracks was right across the little it was a little like field like little grass field and then the barracks was right there tank the second tanks barracks was right behind so we'd be on the back deck of heroes like yelling every time we saw somebody on the catwalks the tanks barracks we'd be like fuck tanks fuck tanks we'd be doing like the, the, the dx i don't know if you watch wrestling as a kid but we do like the suck it like dx yeah you know? yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah and it was a good time like and it, the only thing about heroes though it was like it would ruin it ruined a lot of pt sessions for me man because <laughs> 
I had a couple of friends that would always want to go there like on weeknight because they actually made really good food too. So like on weeknights, I'd have like a friend or two be like, dude, we're going to go to Heroes, get like quesadillas and hang out. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to, I'm not going to Heroes on a fucking Tuesday night, bro. Like, <laughs> we got to be up at fucking, you know, balls, balls early for, for PT, you know? They're like, dude, dude, we're gonna like have a casual, you know, we're just gonna yeah, eat. yeah, just start casual. Like a, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have like a beer, maybe two beers, whatever. And I'm like, all right, fuck it, I'll go. We go to sit down, and the fucking chick will come up to our table. Hey, what can I get you? And my buddy's like, give me a blueberry trash can, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, I guess I'll get a blueberry trash can too. And then I'm stumbling back to the barracks at three o'clock in the morning and changing into sleeping in my PT clothes so I could like not be all fucked. <laughs> not be all confused in the morning and shit you know yeah um and then yeah that's insane because uh we don't yeah we don't have a bar anymore and then we don't we don't have tanks tanks is like way down the road now but uh they moved lar into the barracks like literally in the quad um the so if you look at four six five and you're standing on like third deck like on the inside of the quad and you look to the left that barracks that was kind of across Uh, they moved them all into there after they renovated it. Oh, that it, used to be two six. That's weird. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But they, uh, barracks, yeah. That's crazy. They they yeah, bunch of bunch of menaces always pulling their alarms and call, causing all kinds of trouble <laughs> and stuff. I'm not kidding you, dude. The last like uh, year of uh, being in, literally almost every single night, multiple times, their alarm was getting pulled. <laughs> it was bad. It was honestly so bad. <laughs> you know that happened to us a lot so it didn't happen to us so much on the zoom but when i was in okinawa that was like a big thing mm-hmm. people fucking pulling the alarm <laughs> it was really annoying actually because i remember like because especially when it would happen on the weekend because i would go down to like the e-club on schwab and get like super drunk and then like somebody would have to like physically drag me out of my rack because i was like i was like i don't care i'm not going outside but like, you know what i mean yeah <laughs> yeah that's pretty funny though I love seeing those. Uh, I was going to say before, actually, uh, it's really cool, like, the page that you run, but, like, the all the, like, the, I guess, military meme pages mm-hmm. and shit that, like, but especially I, I have an affinity for yours because, I, you know, I'm an L3, I'm an L3 goon myself, you know, but yeah, uh, it's cool, though, because, like, when I was in, like, obviously, you know, social media was a thing, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, like, what it is to, the, like, the extent it is now, if that makes sense, you know, yeah, so, yeah. like, you know, I had a Facebook, but like I barely ever like I would go on there like once a week and check it and be like, "Oh, cool!" Like my sister liked my fucking picture. Like I don't, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't like a big thing. Like you know, <laughs> but it was like right around the time I was getting out because I got out in uh, 2014, and that's that's when I started seeing like like Pogue boot fucks would pop up yeah, and like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mendelton and shit like that. And it's kind of it kind of sucks that I like those things started taking off after I got out, but it's cool that you guys have these like, these like pages and you can like, I don't know. I feel like I'm still in the know, you know, of yeah, shit that's yeah, going yeah. on, even yeah, though yeah, I've been out for fucking, I've been out for what, eight years now, you know, I still like could look at your page and be like, <laughs> Oh, those guys are, those guys are still pulling the fucking fire alarms with a bunch of jerk offs, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm <laughs> just still doing the same dumb shit. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice feeling. It's, it's funny. Um, yeah. I don't know if did you guys ever, so okay so you were you had two six like in in the same like kind of areas you guys yeah so the only reason i know that my buddy my one of my best friends from back home this guy mike he he joined a year after me but he was in two six and he was in the exact barracks you were just talking about for lar like oh shit you're on the if you're on the inside of 465 and you look to the left that barracks there 
that was two six. And I think the one to the right in right in front of the chow hall, I think I think that was one six, but I, I could be I don't know. My memory's a little I'm kinda I get fucking punched in the head at my gym a lot. And so <laughs> like I don't know, I could, I could be retarded for all I know, you know. Dude, um did uh was there was there burrito shack there? La Casitas? Was that La Casitas? Yeah. Oh, you didn't have that there? I don't I never heard I mean they made um they made breakfast burritos, but I don't remember there being like a dedicated burrito. Yeah, thing, oh you, know? you missed out. If you ever go to Lejeune for whatever reason, uh you need to go and check out La Casitas. It's like right before the PX. Um it's it's literally it's it's a burrito shack and it's so fucking good. It is so good. You know, it's it's funny you mentioned that when you said like for whatever fucking reason because when I was still like when I was still really active in the music before I got into the firefighting thing and got so busy and shit, um, one of my like goals was to do a show in in Jacksonville, if not on Lejeune. Like I really doubt I would get the I would I really doubt I would get the clearance to perform the kind of music I do on a military installation. I mean, if you just, uh, if you just slide in, I mean, I'm sure someone would get you through the gate guard and then just in the quad. Yeah, well, you, know, <laughs> you know what my goal, my goal, the way I had it played out in my head was I was going to call heroes and see if they oh, would sanction it. Like, yeah. can I, can I perform inside heroes? I wouldn't have to tell, you know, the base commander or nobody yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And then all I have to do is have somebody sign for me as a visitor, and then mm-hmm. I just show up to Heroes and do my set, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. Maybe there's maybe there's some way to to do that. Anybody listening to the podcast that has that ability, you know. Yeah. I, well, here's the DM. thing. My whole summer's booked. <laughs> my whole summer is booked completely. And then during the winter, I mean, it would be a flight. I'd have to get a flight out there. We'd have yeah. to get it all. It'd have to be planned. On. I mean, I'm not against. I'm not against the idea of doing it, but it's gonna be a lot of moving parts. It would be a huge pain in the ass, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be that'd be that'd be something, man. That would be something, though. It would be cool. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. And then I guess so. From uh. So from that point, what was like your last year like? um oh actually you know it's funny uh, you say that because my last year was like a very weird time because because i had a five-year contract all my peers were getting out around my four-year mark Mm -hmm. so like my last year was kind of like a little bit lonely i guess not like well i've still lived in the barracks and had friends and went out on the weekend but my last year was weird because i had that extra year and a lot of my peers were gone and um I remember, so when I got back from Oki, um, a little, like a few months, you know, after I got back, the girl I was seeing at the time, who was like, you know, at the time I was a fucking kid though. I was like 20 years old, but at the time I thought she was like the love of my life and all that. And I was going to marry her and all that shit. Mm -hmm. And she ended up, we ended up splitting up like a couple months after I got back from Oki. So my whole last year was like all my friends getting out and me being like butthurt that this girl left me, you know? <laughs> so yeah. like, actually my last year in the Marines is actually kind of fucking awful. If I'm honest, oh, you know? <laughs> it was nice. It was nice to look forward to getting out and shit. That was cool. But like let, getting out was a massive disappointment, you know, like getting mm-hmm. out was mi- the first year I was out was fucking miserable. I made a whole YouTube video about it. Like talking about, you know, don't get too excited to get out. Cause it still sucks. Like <laughs> whatever. You yeah. Know? But yeah, that's kind of what it was like, I guess. Yeah. I think that's uh, a good, a good video for dudes to watch for me when i was watching it it didn't really hit i mean i understood it but at the time yeah. it didn't hit me until i was really rolling out those gates for the last time yeah. I, was, I was thinking to myself it's a heavy Damn, feeling, ain't really it? It. Yeah. yeah yeah and then um just down the road when like 
really shitty things started happening post EAS. It just hit me even harder, you know, just thinking like, yeah, it's over, you know. I'm not going to be able yeah. to go back to the bricks and be like, guys, you'll never believe what the fuck just happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's such a shitty feeling, man. Like, you know, it's funny. I I mentioned it in the video. Like, I'm not assuming that everybody fucking watched it. So I'm, just, I'm sorry mm -hmm. if I'm repeating it to anybody who already watched it. But I had this feeling because I got out on a Saturday morning. So, like, on that Friday night, we had, like, a big, like, kind of going away party type of thing. We ended up. Mm -hmm going to heroes and oh fucking r.i.p god that makes me miserable yeah, yeah. but we ended up we ended up going to heroes and then we ended up in a fucking ca taxi that had a disco ball in it and then we went we went to like a strip club that i don't remember which one i was fucking obliterated and then the next morning i woke up and i like drove to to fucking ipac and this like kid hands me this paper this like pfc hands me a paper and he's like all right like you're done and i was like what the, what like <laughs> that's you it. know it was like so, such a weird feeling like oh that's all right i guess i'm out of here well i actually so i actually went back to the barracks and took a nap because i was horrendously hung over but then um then when i was driving out the gates i went to hang out with my friend for a weekend i went like i went to he lived in north carolina so i spent the weekend with him and then it hit me when i was driving back to new york after that weekend like i remember having this passing thought of like Oh, I can't wait to get back and like tell the guys about my weekend and shit. Like, mm -hmm. and then that's when it like really like hit me like a fucking knife in the chest. I was like, oh my god, like I'm never in my life going like gonna go back and see the guys and tell them my yeah. fucking story. That's never gonna happen again. And that's when they're like, I got a little emotional. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's sad. <laughs> it really sucks. Um, that part of just leaving the boys. I mean, yeah, like life starts to. You, you're able to do whatever you want but it just yeah it's just not the same with with the boys in a way <laughs> yeah man it's it's lonely on the outside it can be lonely you know you got to make your own way but the first year or so i i gotta say i was i was pretty fucking miserable the first year i was out to be honest yeah and it's a pretty good uh it's a pretty good question then uh so here's another question from someone and he says uh Love the clowns, hate the circus. Uh, little moments mean so much. Do you regret getting out? Uh, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> but that's as it stands right now. Like I, I've set up a very, very good life for myself, and that's that's on that's your responsibility. You know, is to like make it, you know, make civilian life work for you. I guess. But I'm not going to say I've never, you know, regretted it. Like, you know, three months after I got out, I was calling prior service recruiters trying to get back in because I was so fucking miserable and uh. The only reason I didn't is because I just wanted to be an active duty grunt and that was it. That was the only thing I would take. And the guy told me the only infantry slots I had available was reservists. And I was like, okay, I'm basically the same thing, except I have to give up a weekend a month. So I'm not doing that. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. So, so like, yeah, like I guess the short answer to the question is yes. Like I have at some point regretted it, but as it stands now, like, I think, you know, if you, if you get out and you have a similar experience as me where you're super miserable and you miss it for the first like year or so, it's just, it's easier said than done, but just give it time and like kind of set yourself up. And cause now I'm happy as a pig and shit. I'm very content with my life. And I, I see some of like the memes and the, the shit on Facebook mm -hmm. and Instagram. So like, I see, you know, I'll see a random picture of dudes doing like a Chuck's inspection in the pouring rain or something. <laughs> and I'll be like, thank God, dude, yeah. I don't have to fucking do that anymore. Yeah, you know? that, like, that, yep. Couldn't be me. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Sucks to be you, dude. I did. Better than that. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny, man. Um, so I guess what what did you do uh, when you were getting out? What was your uh, I guess your experience kind of like from there? Um, so 
I kind of, you know, I, I talk about this again in that video I mentioned. So, you know, if anyone's mm-hmm. listening who watched it already, I'm sorry you're getting a lot of repeat bullshit. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, my my first job I had. So, um, well, when I first got out, I lived with my mom for like I think six to eight months because, you know, I I'm from New York originally, and fucking trying to find your own place in New York is like you got to hit the fucking lotto or something yeah. like. You get a studio apartment in the city for fucking sixteen hundred dollars yeah. a month. You know, yeah, it's, it's unreal. Yeah, so like I ended up staying with my mom for like six to eight months until I could like figure out how I can get like a roommate and we could split a decently priced place or whatever. So my mother lived in an apartment complex on Long Island at the time. And uh I stayed with her and I got a job working maintenance in the apartment complex that my mom lived in. So I was like, in my head, I was like, Oh, I got it made, dude. Like I roll out of bed and I'm at work. I don't gotta be at work mm-hmm. till eight, you know, coming out of the Marine Corps, that's a godsend. Yeah, going yeah. to work at eight. That's like that's like, hey, good afternoon, like, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but dude, I was, like, driving around this golf cart all day, and I was, like, I don't know, replacing people's broken appliances. I was, like, cleaning up dog shit out of the ponds, or cleaning up dog shit from the grass and, like, scooping trash out of the ponds and, like, switching out trash. Be- like, I don't know, just – and I don't mean to, like – I don't want to like talk down on that kind of work. Like it's undignified because it's like important work to like maintain, you know, a, a, yeah, a yeah. you know, I don't want to, but I went straight from that. Like I was a squad leader in the infantry for like a year and a half. And then I went straight into doing that. And like, needless yeah. to say, my, my, my sense of purpose and my, and my pride, like took a pretty harsh blow. Like I was like, is this, is this what I'm destined to be? You know, like yeah, yeah. picking yeah. up dog shit off the grass. I'm like, is this, <laughs> is this what I am now? You know, I'm not like, corporal fit squad leader anymore i'm fucking you know the dude who like the old lady says hey can you pick this up for me you know whatever yeah (laughs) eventually you know it's uh i actually ended up after like i think i only worked there for like six or seven months and then i got uh i got a job working for google believe it or not really yeah i worked for google for two years and uh it was an interesting job like we would go all over the northeast so our i don't know what to call it our little area of responsibility or whatever was uh everywhere from like Maine down to like New Jersey and Pennsylvania and shit. And, and you can get like a random spot assigned to you. So I got to like go all over. I got to go to like Philly and Boston and like different places in Maine and all types of cool places and drove around a lot. The only thing I didn't like was like being in the Google office in New York city. Cause it's, it's, you know, you come in there with like a Marine infantry mentality and you're just asking yeah. to get in <laughs> trouble, dude. I had to keep my mouth shut a lot, you know, just, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's crazy. Um, what were you, what, what did you specifically do? Were you like some kind of technician or something? Or no, I ain't, I ain't no smart, I ain't no genius. I promise you that. <laughs> no, it was it was essentially uh, it was a contract job. So I only did it for two years, and then they got rid of us. You know, because wow. uh, it was for a specific like experiment or something that they were doing. And basically, what we did was they gave us these like tablets and phones and shit like that, mm-hmm. and we had to go. They would assign us our area on Sunday night. And we drive to our little area, whatever. And then uh, we had to go in X amount of stores per day. Like the number varied, but it was like X amount of stores per day. And you had to just run a program on the phone or the tablet that like helped Google Maps better geolocate exactly where that oh, store was. To, okay. like, to like, yeah, to like improve map. But the weird thing about it was a lot of the times we had to pretend to be shoppers. Like mm-hmm. we weren't supposed to be telling people we were doing shit for Google. So like, really, I go into like a completely empty store and just like, Oh, I'm just having a look and it's so awkward for like to be in there just pretending I'm looking at you. I've gone into weird, like I went into like lingerie stores and been like, oh, I'm just looking around. Like I look like a fucking pervert, you know? Oh my God. 
That's kind of hilarious, though. Yeah, it was a decent gig, though. I really, I like that job a lot. I got to, fuck, I basically just, I was left alone all day. I didn't have my boss, like, breathing over my fucking shoulder. You know, it was nice. Yeah, yeah. That, sound, that sounds pretty chill, honestly, just driving around. Yeah, it was. It was sweet. If it wasn't a contract job, I, I'll tell you, I'd probably still be there, to be honest, man. It was, I had it made. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. So, so you, okay, so you were doing that stuff, and did you get into jiu-jitsu uh, around that time, or was it much later? It was actually, a, it was after Google. Um, it's, it's actually a really funny story behind why I initially got into jiu-jitsu because, you know, my, my, my level of fitness has definitely gone up and down and since I've been out, you know, because I don't have nobody forcing me to go to PT right. at 5 o'clock in the morning anymore. So, <laughs> you know, if I, if, I, if I lose motivation, that's it. I just end up getting fucking tubby, you know? Yeah. But uh, so what happened was I was getting a little, you know, I was, getting, I was on the chubby side at the time. I wasn't. I wasn't really keeping up with the gym and shit. And um it's a it's a long fucking story. I ended up I ended up like it's a <laughs> this sounds like I'm trying to be like braggadocious a little bit, but I swear <laughs> to God, this is a this is a true story. I ended up making out with two girls at the same time, which was fucking sick. Nice. I was at this bar I was at I was at this bar with my buddy. I don't want to say his name. He's still in actually. He's like a platoon sergeant now, so I'm not going to include him. But oh, shit. <laughs> I, was with, I, was with, I was with my buddy. I ended up making out with these two chicks at the same time. And I was like, and they invited me, they invited me and my friend back to their apartment. And I was like, Oh my God, I've never had a threesome before. Like, I hope mm-hmm. I can have a threesome. That'd be sick. <laughs> but then these other dudes started talking to him while we were going through a parking lot. And uh, the girl got pissed off and told him to like, go fuck himself or something. And the kid got mad and starts like, you know, he started cursing at her, fuck you, bitch, whatever. And she spits on him. She fucking spits on this guy. So she's this guy's so angry and he sees me with her. And he just he's like, Well, I can't hit you, so I'm gonna hit this motherfucker, you know? <laughs> and I don't I don't blame him, but I was trying to explain to him. I was like, dude, I don't know this bitch from a hole in the wall. I met this bitch an hour ago. Like, I don't you can hit her, I don't give a fuck, you know. But he was he was he wasn't trying to hear it. He was fucking furious. So he just started like coming at me, he was fucking swinging, throwing punches. And I was just like backpedaling the whole time because I wasn't angry. Like I understood where he was coming from, and I wasn't I wasn't angry enough to want to hurt the guy. So he's just throwing punches, and eventually he connected with one like real hard, like right in the middle of my fucking nose. And it, like my eyes started watering and shit. And I was like, "Fuck, I have to like defend myself." So I started throwing punches back at him. I hit him twice, and he just like ate it. <laughs> and then his his friends like pulled up, you know, pulled him off and split us up and shit. But I, that made me feel so like like such a pussy. Like this dude just ate my fucking punches. Like he didn't even flinch. I hit him twice, he didn't even flinch. And then I was like, I had this like realization that every man probably has come to at some point in his life. And I was like, "Yo, I can't fight." you know what i mean i was like yeah. dude, i don't know how to fight like that's crazy. i've never thought about that because i i got in like scuffles and shit as a kid but that's a lot different than like grown men getting in a fight you know? right yeah i was like damn i don't know how to fucking fight you know like mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to fight i never thought about that before so then you know like i said i was out of shape and now i'm like i don't know how to fight so i was like oh there was a jujitsu gym a couple minutes away from my house like i found on google or whatever i was mm-hmm. like i'll drop in and like see what it's all about you know yeah. and then and then from there on it was history I, i've actually branched out now i'm doing uh i still train but uh i'm also doing like muay thai and boxing and oh that's I'm doing like yeah i'm doing like mma sparring and all types of shit it's it's a good it's fun it's a great stress reliever it keeps you in really good shape and again like now i kind of i'm no i'm no i'm no anderson silver or nothing but i know how to fucking fight now, right you know? yeah i mean yeah yeah it sounds like it <laughs> yeah that's crazy man yeah, people keep telling me to get in jujitsu, and I'm kind of in the same boat. Honestly, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna front. Yeah, I definitely should probably look into it. I, I could not recommend it enough, man. And I'm not like, 
I'm not one of those like I mean I do like Joe Rogan, but I'm not like one of those mm-hmm. Joe Rogan fanboys who like tried it because Joe Rogan said so. Oh, I right, came yeah. I came I came across it completely organically and it was like one of I, I would say the most one of the most, if not the most important things for not only my physical health, but my mental health that I that I've ever done in my life. It's I couldn't recommend it enough, dude. It's it's a blast. Yeah, I think I'm definitely gonna try it. I need to uh I need to save up a little bit more, but I'm definitely gonna get into it. That's crazy. So around that time, were you, uh, or actually, have you have you won any like competitions or anything? Yeah. So I competed in uh, in jujitsu and stuff. I don't think I have enough like striking experience yet to like get in a cage and actually fight. Uh-huh. But I have won. Uh, I have won grappling competitions. Yeah, I, I competed uh, there when I still lived in New York. There was uh, this big one called Grappling Industries. I used to come around to New York City like twice a year. I competed there twice. I got third place, and then I didn't place. And then the third time I competed, I was in this tournament called Good Fight, and I ended up getting first place in that one, and I was fucking geeked about it, man. It was one of the proudest yeah, moments awesome. I ever had. Yeah, it was fucking awesome, yeah. I'm not competing so much anymore because of my job. You know, I'm on a wildland fire – excuse me. Oh, shit. I'm on a wildland fire crew now, so I can't really train in the summer at all. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be, like, going to competitions when I – Yeah, you haven't been preparing. I'm, I'm spending half of every year yeah. not training at all. Like, it's – you know, so – I still do it just to keep up with it, but I don't like compete anymore. It's more of a hobby now than like a lifestyle. Right, right. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so I guess around this time is when you did you start writing your music right. around that time, or were you did it did it come a little bit later? Oh, uh, actually, so I've I've been like rec- I guess recreationally rapping since I was a little kid, man. Like, oh really? Uh, yeah, I never. It's it's weird, like. So when I was a kid, so I grew up in the, the neighborhood in Brooklyn I grew up in. It's called Canarsie. I'm not sure how many people would be familiar with it, but that's, you know, Pop Smoke? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's from Canarsie, too. Like, that's, oh, okay. that's the neighborhood I'm from. So, like, the neighborhood I grew up in, I was the only white kid in, like, a three-mile radius. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you look at my elementary school yearbook, I'm, like, the only little white face in the fucking page. And uh, so, naturally, you know, it's, like, when you're in, a, like, a black neighborhood, naturally, like, hip-hop's going to be the the prominent, like, musical taste. So I like, you know, we used to like fuck around at the lunch tables, like have like little rat. When we were like 10 years old, we're like, you stink and you're fa- you fart in class or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. we were like, but we would like do these little rap battles at the lunch tables and shit. And I was like, I really took a liking to it. And I would like go home and like write raps in like a notebook or whatever, you know. And I was, and then, you know, fast forward, I was kind of doing it for fun. Like if I was at parties with my friends, I'd be like, yo, Fitz, like you, you got to rap right now. You got to rap right now, like whatever. <laughs> and then eventually, you know, I was the whole time I was in the Marines. Like you could ask anybody I served with. I, I would just rant with like random <laughs> rap lines all the time. Like I would just start throwing bars out, whatever you know. <laughs> and uh, and then eventually, like when I got out, um, it was like right around the Marine Corps birthday of 2015, and that's when you know I came up mm-hmm. with birthday message 15 before I even knew I was going to call it birthday message and then do it every year. <laughs> yeah. Except for 21. Sorry guys, I know you're ready to rip my fucking head off. But, <laughs> um. I recorded birthday message 15 in my car, like just on my phone while I was driving around and I actually sent it in a group chat to like two of my buddies from the Marines. And I was like, what do you guys think of this? Like just thinking it was something, you know, like a little fun song for the Marine Corps birthday. And my buddy was like, dude, you got to post this on Facebook. I was like, what are you fucking, I'm not posting myself <laughs> rapping on Facebook. Like, what are you a nut job? I swear to God, like imagine me now. That's yeah. what I said. I was like, I'm not, I'm not posting myself rapping on Facebook. What are you, a fucking nutshell? No way. And he's like, if you don't post it, I'm posting it. I was like, do not fucking post that anyway. <laughs> Anyways, he ends up posting it. 
and I saw that it was actually like doing really well. Like it was getting a lot of likes and shit. So I told yeah. him, I go, I go, yo, dude, delete that shit. I'm going to post it on my page. <laughs> so That's I, ended awesome. up, I ended up, yeah. So I ended up throwing it up on Facebook and it got like, at, at this point now it's gotten over, uh, it's like 550,000 views at this point now. And like people were like, messaging me people i've never talked to in my life like random people were just adding me by like the hundreds and were like yo like i was in the marines too that shit was sick blah blah, blah. and people were like you dude do you have any more music i was like no it's the only that's the only video of me rapping that there is on the planet earth like really <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah so i was like i was like yeah i guess i gotta make more shit and then you know one thing led to another i learned how to i i started using the distributor to get my shit on like you know, Apple Music yeah. and Spotify and all those platforms. And, and then it kind of just snowballs from there to me getting invited out to um, Los Angeles. Well, Downey, people on the West Coast are very particular about what you call Los Angeles. But mm -hmm. yeah, I started I was... going out. What's up? Oh, no, sorry. sorry. Uh, what were you saying? Oh, no, I was just going to say I started getting invited out to uh, Los Angeles County, Downey, which is in Los Angeles County. Mm -hmm. I started getting invited out there to like perform in front of people and Dude, I'd never like rapped on stage in my yeah, life. So yeah. I, damn near. I used to get so fucking drunk before going on stage because it was the only <laughs> thing that would kill my nerve. I'm surprised I never fucked up in front of people because like I would I was so terrified. I would have to get I I say have to, that sounds very unhealthy, but legitimately I felt like I had to be fucking wrecked to go on stage. I was so fucking nervous <laughs> all the time. So I wanted to ask you, man, about some of your lyrics and stuff. And I I had some friends in another company that actually lived in 308. And they had this pet fish, and they named it Fitzy, man. <laughs> well, I got to be honest with you. You know, uh, when I called it, when I said, you know, the whole Trio 8 line, I was actually taking a little bit of artistic liberty because um, I was actually, I was making a reference to a, 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 an inside joke that me and a friend of mine had from Okinawa, but I threw it in the Had Not Point song. because. So anyways, one day in Okinawa, um, I was on the, the staircase outside of the barracks at Camp Schwab and I was like drinking with a couple of friends and I heard somebody on on the deck above me say something about being from Brooklyn so I like walked up there and I was like yo who's from Brooklyn and this kid his name's uh Drew Lopez good friend of mine he goes I grew up in Brooklyn I go oh what part he goes well I lived in Canarsie till I was nine and I was like dude I very rarely meet other people from Brooklyn in the military let alone the, this specific part of Brooklyn that I'm from I was like, get the fuck out of here from I was like, I grew up in Kenosha, dude. I lived there until I was 17, blah, blah, blah. And we started going off in this whole, you know, thing where we were like best friends, like for the day, you know. And uh, something we, him and I used to do as like an inside joke is that we would uh, put on these really obnoxious, like old school Brooklyn accents from like, like a mobster movie from like the 50s or something. We'd be like... We'd be like, yeah, I'm up in room 308. Forget about it. Bada bing, bada boom. One, two, three. Forget about it. Like, we would just talk like fucking idiots, you know? We'd, like, call our mothers. We'd, like, FaceTime our moms from Japan and just be like, Ma, you believe this? I met a guy from Brooklyn. One, two, three. Forget about it. So, anyways, he lived in room 308, so we used to joke around, like, hey, come see me in 308. Like, forget about it. Whatever. That was, like, our little joke. So, the reason I said, you know... um, I'm heading up to room 308 where Drew's got the sake bombs ready and we're ripping them. I was referring to Drew Lopez and I, I mentioned the sake bombs because I, I that story actually comes from <laughs> comes from Japan. But e even if the barracks, your buddies lived in 308 on, on Lejeune, that's still a very special number to me. So that's, and I, thank you for naming your fish after me. That's actually a beautiful thing. And it warms <laughs> my heart, you know? 
<laughs> yeah, I'm sure I might be still alive. I don't know. Fucking nothing. N- none of those pets live, live too long in the barracks, but you might be still kicking. <laughs> <laughs> I had a t- I had a little turtle named Sushi that died in like five days. So oh shit. <laughs> yeah. All right, Sushi. Yeah. Uh, it's it's cool though because I know like in in a lot of your songs you say these little bits throughout them and I just like having listened to a lot of uh, New York style rap with one of my good buddies uh, he would always stop the song and point him out and he'd be like you see what he just said right there and then he'd yeah. like explain like things to me and I always thought that was so cool and I always noticed that in your songs you always talk about like uh certain things and i always knew there was like deeper meaning or like a story behind some of those lines so with some of your songs like uh sugar in the gas tank like what oh (laughs) yeah that's actually kind of a touchy one um so when i was still in fast company uh i had a platoon sorry i'm not gonna i don't think i should say his name i don't know how he would feel about me you know (laughs) but um yeah he was like i mean he was a real hard ass on us because and he had every right to be because um it was our last couple of months in fast before we went to the fleet and he put us through like, um, I don't, I think they call it something different. Do you, you know what Islick is? Uh, uh, no. Infantry squad leaders course. I think it's called something else. Now, no, I saw. Yeah. Yeah. We called it Islick. I don't know. Whatever. Oh shit. But um, he had like the curriculum for it and he basically put us through like a mock uh, ISOC if, if that's what it's called now. And uh he was like really wanting us to be prepared when we go to the fleet and not show up, you know, security force guys show up to the fleet and mm-hmm. don't know a fucking thing, you know? Yeah. So, but he was real hard on us. Like he hiked us into the dirt. He fucking chewed ass, yelled, screamed. Like he really put a lot of stress on us. And again, for good reason, I'm actually very grateful that he did that. Cause I actually showed up to the fleet kind of knowing how to be a grunt, you know? Right, right. <laughs> but, um, a lot of people didn't take kindly to it. A lot of people thought he was just being mean for the sake of being mean. So, mm-hmm. There was, I, you, and the God's honest truth till this day, I don't know who did it, but somebody put sugar in his gas tank <laughs> and like fucked his truck up and shit. And it was really, it was actually a really fucked up thing to do. And I, I dude, honestly, I'm not just like not saying it cause I'm on a podcast, like my right hand to God till this day, I have no idea who did it. I have no clue. <laughs> and, uh, I actually got a little nervous because when I recorded that, so that line in, in birthday message 18, where I say, I'll buy a bag of sugar and I'll dump it in his gas tank. It was just like an inside joke for the guys that were in my fast platoon that Mm -hmm. we could have a chuckle about. But that platoon sergeant that happened to was actually, is actually my friend on Facebook. And I didn't realize that. Oh shit. And, and, and sometimes I get, I get kind of nervous. So you're like, where I'm like, I wonder if he ever heard that line and thinks that that was me admitting that I did it because it wasn't me and I don't know who did it. And I staunchly oppose the, the idea that somebody did that to him for the record. But yeah, that, that line was just like a little inside joke for my like fast buddies that yeah. about that whole thing, you know? And where did you get like, uh, some of the, Oh, so the, the two, four loco story. Oh, uh, <laughs> so believe it or not, um, being in fast company, the way things work in fast company is just, it's almost exactly the same as being in the fleet. Like, there's other offshoots of security forces like PRP and, and, and shit like that, where I think it's a little bit different, but in fast company, like the way the day to day was like exactly the same as a fleet. So like naturally when, when there's a boot drop, you know, all the senior lances are out for blood. They want to come fuck mm-hmm. with us, whatever. So I don't know if you remember, I started that line with, uh, I started that part of the song with me and Bobby, we put on a flick, yeah. drink a little bit. My roommate at the time, my best friend from the Marines, his name was, uh, 
Bobby Forrest. Well, his name is Robert Forrester. We called him Bobby. And this is not a joke. It was Friday night. We got a bunch of, we were 18. So I guess we must've like begged somebody in our platoon that was of age to like buy us a case of beer. And uh, we were sitting there and dude, I kid you not, you know what movie we were watching? Ears open, eyeballs click. Oh my God. <laughs> oh yeah, it was just like the most boot fucking shit you could possibly be watching. And I remember I locked the door and I put the fucking blinds down or I closed the curtains. Cause I'm like, dude, I could hear like the, the senior Lances who just got back from like Bahrain or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I hear him outside, like just raging. And like, I hear him like yelling at people and I hear like, I hear kids going like, yes, Lance Corporal and shit. So I was like, I was like, I don't want no part of that. So locked the door, closed the curtains. We're just sitting there watching our movie, drinking our beers, whatever, having a good time. And then next thing you know, somebody just starts doo, 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 pounding on the door. <laughs> and, and, and my buddy Bobby gets up to like answer the door. I was like, dude, don't fucking answer the door. I'm like, don't answer the door. He's like, dude, we have to. They know we're in here. I was like, Bobby, shut. And the guy's like, I can fucking hear you in there, you faggot. Open the fucking door. And I was like, Bobby, don't open it. He's like, dude, we have to. He knows we're here. <laughs> so anyways, we ended up fucking finally opening the door. And they're like, come with us. You're drinking with us tonight. And we were like, okay. I don't even know what rank he was in civvies. I don't know who he was. Um, he brings us up to his room. And he has these like four locos and he's like, here, drink this. And I'm like, okay. So I like, I'm like, cool. I'm drinking with the senior guys. I'm a cool guy. And I took like a sip and he's like, I didn't say stop drinking motherfucker. And he like tips it up and like forces us to like chug these. Fu- and you, I don't know. The, this was like the original four loco formula. That's like banned now. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? Yeah. It's not even legal now that this particular whatever. And it tastes like, fuck it. It tastes like a, a donkey's asshole. Like it's the most disgusting fucking thing in the world. And he's like forcing me to chug it. And then they're like, they had these in the song when I said twice my size, like these guys would just got back from Bahrain. They spent like every waking minute in the gym and like no. chugging full barrels of whey protein. These guys were like massive. <laughs> and me and me and Bobby were like fresh out of SOI and BSG, probably weighed a buck forty soaking wet a piece, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're like, they're like, yeah. And they like jumped on us and they start like wrestling, like trying to choke us and shit and they're like rubbing my face into the carpet and all this shit they're like come on fight back fight back pussy and i'm like i can't like <laughs> oh my and I'm god like, i'm like i'm like i'm like throwing up in my own i'm throwing up four loco into my own mouth and shit <laughs> and they're like jumping in it and then the word this part i didn't put in the song because i couldn't find a good rhyme scheme for it but they uh they had a pizza that a bunch of them made a bunch of the pizza they had like a whole pie from domino's like a large one and they they just threw what was left of it face down into the carpet. And they were like, they were like, we're going to smoke a cigarette. That shit better be cleaned up by the time we get back. <laughs> and like, I remember going under his sink and like finding a scuzz brush. And I was like trying to get the, p- the pizza cheese out of the carpet with the scuzz brush and shit. And uh, they finally came back from their cigarette. And obviously there was still fucking cheese everywhere. And like, I don't know if like God was on my side that night, but he like took a, he, like, a cu- they like took a look at me and he was like, go back to your room bitch and i was like okay and i like i went back and then like that four loco started hitting me afterwards i was like throwing up off the side of the catwalk and shit i felt i woke up the next morning god just one of those like as soon as your eyes open it's just instant misery and regret you know like why did i join the marines dude this is so stupid you know (laughs) oh my god (laughs) um and then i wanted to ask you about uh another line you say um when you're you're up on third deck drinking with all the marja vets Oh yeah. Yeah. So I had gotten to three, six, um, 
they had just gotten back from their like second time around in Marja, but a lot of the guys who were in like the actually like the initial push to Marja were were still in three six at the time. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's not too much of a, I guess there's not too much of an inside joke. I just thought it was cool that I got to like yeah. drink and hang out with guys that were in like a historic battle. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. They were. I don't want to like sit here and like suck their dicks. Like a lot of them were just like my buddies that I hung mm-hmm. out with. At, but it was really cool to be like. Yeah, I'm drinking with the Mars events. Like, yeah. how many people can say that? You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that's deep. super cool. Where did you get um, where did you, where did you get the the idea for Had Not Point? Because that that line just when it starts out, oh, let me take you back, and then you're just kind of sitting there, like especially on a drive or something, you're just remembering the barracks and everything. Oh yeah, so uh, honestly, like the the biggest thing that like I guess inspired me to write that was uh. That was like really back in the beginning when I first started taking music kind of seriously and putting songs out. And I remember thinking like every piece of media and every like movie or song or whatever it is that's about life in the military, it's always about like war and like PTSD and shit. Mm -hmm. Like it's always like these really heavy topics. And I was like, there's almost no like comedy or satire or anything in like popular media about just like everyday life, just like living in the barracks and yeah. fucking around with your friend. There was like nothing, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like I can't think of a movie where yeah, imagine, yeah. Like if there, imagine if there was like a TV show, like an episode by episode TV show about Marines, but they never went to war. It was just like day-to-day life at the barracks. That would be hilarious. I would watch that every day. You know? Yeah. I always thought of like, uh, if, if there was a way these vet TV, they, I don't think they, they do too good of it i think they they started turning into like a hollywood type of thing but um yeah if if there was just a bunch of like a bunch of dudes that could make like an animated thing and they just took people's stories of being in the barracks and shit yeah. and just could yeah just like not even something like crazy fancy just like make maybe like uh doodles almost but just fucking <laughs> just uh, Man, I have the idea in my head, but I I don't know how to really like describe it. But just no, telling those exactly. stories and shit. I know exactly what you're talking about because there was a show when I was a kid called Shorties Watching Shorties, mm-hmm. and it was essentially people like they would just take really popular stand-up routines but make a cartoon about yeah, it yeah. as the guys like that kind of thing. Yeah, it's not like an anime type of shit. It's just like uh just a no. little animated <laughs> like thing. Yeah, yeah, it would be. All, I would yeah. love that. And but yeah, that's that's the reason I ended up writing Had Not because I thought Had Not Point would be like a cool little. I thought it would be like a cool, like funny mm-hmm. song about just like life at the back. Like this is like every, this is ninety percent of your enlistment. It's not like I'm fucking kicking down doors and killing bad guys. That's like such a small percentage of what you actually do when you're in the military. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, dude. Yeah, and um, other songs too, like Birthday Message eighteen and seventeen, like. Like, I was kind of wondering, like, where do you, like, when you sit, when you did sit down to write this stuff, how did you, where, where did, where did it start? Um, so, all right, here's the deal. I got to, I got to brag just a little bit. All right. So forgive me. <laughs> I actually don't write anything down. Like. Really? Uh, yeah. Just, I think I have some kind of like some weird, like autism spectrum or something for, <laughs> for i'm serious like i could listen to a rap song like three or four times and know the whole thing by heart you know what i mean really that's sweet yeah and like so with my music what i do is i'll I'll just like put a beat on and pace around or if i'm driving i'll just like put a beat on in the car and i'll think of like the first three or four lines and i'll do them over and over until the next three or four lines like comes to me 
And then I'll say those over and over until the next three or four lines comes to me. And then by the time I'm at the end of the song, like I memorized the whole thing already. Really? Huh? Yeah. I think, I think I have kind of a curse because the handful of times that I have written shit down because I'm like, Oh, this is so good. I don't want to forget this. I'll write down what I have so far and I'll come back to it. I've never finished those songs. So, so you, all of this, you just, all these songs you made, you just made them on the fly. No, no, not on the fly. Like they took time to, to create, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. Yeah. Some of them took, some of them took like weeks for me to finish. Cause I was trying to think of like the perfect way to end it or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. But, um, so yeah, I don't like come up with them on the fly, like off the top of my head, like a freestyle. No, not like that. But I just don't, I don't write them down though. Like oh, I just, they're shit. just all, they're just all stored in my fucking. That's my crazy. Big, my yeah, that's crazy. I could not, How's that? I couldn't do that fucking thing. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Cause like songs like uh like Welcome to the Infantry, that's been played almost a million times now. And same with uh or no, I mean that that's one of your biggest songs that have been played so many oh, times. It's definitely the, it's definitely the biggest. I look at the numbers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Welcome I mean other songs you have uh like Birthday Message eighteen, it's been played almost four hundred thousand times. It's insane. Damn. Yeah, and yeah, it's, hum- it's it's humbling stuff, man. I never would have taught in a million years, you know. <laughs> yeah, how did you come up with birthday message eighteen? Did you just eighteen is actually you want to hear something fucking wild? So I probably shouldn't tell you this because it kind of gives it kind of gives the it gives the perception that I'm kind of a lazy songwriter. But I'll tell you the truth. Birthday, the first half of birthday message eighteen was what I had planned for birthday message eighteen. The entire second half, you know the part where I go, they call me Schmuckatelli. Yeah. Lance Corporal type. And yeah. then I go off on this tangent about just being the shit baggiest Marine ever. Yeah, yeah. So that was supposed to, I was making a completely separate song about being like a shit bag. And it was like supposed <laughs> to be a joke. It's supposed to be a joke song, you know? Right, right. But the fucking Marine Corps birthday was like approaching so fast. And honestly, when a Marine Corps birthday is coming up, I, I feel like I'm under so much pressure that I have a tough time coming up with shit. Mm-hmm. So. I ended up taking what I had for birthday message 18 and just tacking on the Schmuckatelli song to the, to the last half of it. And it ended up like working out perfectly. just like yeah. messed together so that's well. Sick. So I was like, I was like, Oh, that's birthday message 18. Now you're, now you're down one song because I had to combine these two songs. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I wanted to ask you too. Um, the one part of the song where you're talking about how, you forgot to put the PT plan on your fir- on your platoon sergeant's desk. Is oh. that, did that actually happen? Well, yeah. So, yeah. So my last, I want to say like my last like year and a half or so in the, in the Marine Corps, I was a, I was a squad leader. And when I got back from Okinawa, they did this big like platoon swap. So everyone got sent to all different platoons. Everybody got mixed up and they used to do it to say, you know, when people pick up NCO, they already have friends in their platoon. So we'll put them somewhere else so that, they don't mm-hmm. fraternize or whatever, like, yeah. you know, as if we're not going to like just make friends in the other platoon. Right, yeah, yeah. But anyways, uh, I ended up under, under a platoon. I don't like, I, I feel so weird saying people's names because I don't know if they'd want me to put, you know, but I had, they put me under a platoon sergeant who was like a former drill instructor and he was like a real hard ass. And that's not me saying anything negative about him. He was actually one of the best leaders I ever had in the Marine Corps. But my first couple of weeks under him was the most stressed out I think I ever was in my entire enlistment because I just fucking screwed things up back to back to back to back. Like he told me when I was getting out and I was like saying my goodbyes to him. He's like, yeah, the first month I had you, I was honestly going to make you, I was going to fire you and make you a team leader (laughs) because you were, (laughs) 
so it was just like it was just like one of those i just had one of those bad sprees where like i couldn't do anything right like do like hey make a terrain model and like teach the teach the like the the new guys all how that works and he came out and just like shat on my terrain model he's like this is a piece of shit this is the laziest terrain model i ever saw blah 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 and then like he'd be like yeah have a fucking uh training schedule on my desk in the morning and in the morning i just like wake up and be a pt formation completely spaced it you know <laughs> and he'd, he'd come out like where's my fucking training schedule and i was like oh i forgot like you know yeah so there was like a solid month where i was under this guy and i was just fucking everything up and eventually i got you know i got my shit together and ended up doing a doing a pretty decent job but that that's been, that was basically like the inspiration for that whole part of the song where oh i forgot to make a train schedule my platoon sergeant's chewing my ass i was like thinking about that time in my enlistment you know <laughs> dude and uh, another part of your song um when you're talking about uh walking into uh your room and your buddy's jerking it and you just close the door <laughs> for 30 seconds <laughs> Yeah, you gotta let him. Yeah, you gotta let him finish. Yeah, that shit's fucking. I'm that not, made me always cracks me up. I'm not a. I'm not a sociopath. I love to finish. But <laughs> I mean, dude, you live at the barracks for fucking four or five years. Like, there's there's no shot that you're never gonna walk in on somebody jerking off. Yeah, exactly. And, no chance in hell. <laughs> yeah, I heard a story of a first sergeant doing it, and the dude didn't even stop. <laughs> <laughs> he was probably getting there. He was probably just about to be done. Yeah, and um. Another part of your song where you're uh, talking about, yo, lend me the whip so I can go and meet this girl I met on Plenty oh, of Fish. Oh, Uncle Mikey. <laughs> yeah. I know for a fact he won't care, so I'm going to tell you. His name was uh, Mike Venus. He's actually a fucking salt dog, dude. That guy had like four combat deployments under oh, his belt. <laughs> <laughs> he actually, dude, this guy was like a legend in our in our unit. Like, he fucking, he ended up like cursing out one of our platoon sergeants because he had us. It's a long story, but he ended up going to the brig for four days. And when he came back, we were like, how was it? And he was like, dude, it's awesome in there. You just lay around all day. You don't have to salute officers. Like, it was like, a, he's like, I basically went on a 96. So we all started calling it Uncle Mikey's 96. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, he, he had been in 3-6 for a long time. So we called him Uncle Mikey, like, as a joke, you know. Mm -hmm. But anyways, there was a long period of time where Uncle Mikey didn't have his own his own car. I don't even remember why, but something happened. I don't know. He didn't have a car for a while. And this dude was like hooked on plenty of fish. He loves plenty of fish. And that was like, that was like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of aging myself here. I'm a fucking old man. Like this is long before we had Tinder, Tinder or, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this was like long before Tinder and Bumble and all that shit. Like plenty of fish was like the OG fucking, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, yeah, Uncle Mikey would always, he'd come into my room and be like, Yo, Fitz, could I use your car so I could like go beat this fucking pop chick? And I was like, yeah, dude. Just and he always yeah, he was a great. I love lending him my car because he always returned it with a full tank, yeah. and he always came back with like nasty pictures of these chicks and shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of sweet. I used to look forward to him asking me to use my car. He'd be like, Yo, Fitzy, could I? I'd be like, I'd already have the keys. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? I'd already be holding the keys halfway out the door. Here you go, Uncle Mikey. Have a good time. Yeah. That's fucking funny. Oh, another big thing I want to ask you because I, I think I know who you're talking about. Uh, that one part of the song of of your song where uh, you're talking about uh, these Klondike broads and um, this one. Uh, <laughs> were you talking about Marianne? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were no, I actually loved Marianne. I loved her. Yeah, she's still around. Uh, she got moved to a different uh, to a different chow hall. Whoa! Yeah, she's still there. Huh? Yeah, still yeah. Kicking. God bless her. Man. <laughs> I loved her. She was such a sweetheart. No, uh, no, the the bulldog broad thing. I was just kind of, I guess, generally. 
yeah, I was just like generally making fun of like the chicks that work in the chat. You know, they're all kind of like, uh, you know, yeah, I, don't I didn't, yeah, I didn't know if you were talking <laughs> about like uh, Marianne because that was kind of funny. That that cracked me up. I didn't know. No, I would never, I would never say an unkind word about um, Marianne. I love, <laughs> I love her. Um, and then when when did you uh write till the bar closed? Um, oh fucking damn, my twenties like seventeen maybe or. But it, yeah, that, that one was like such a weird spur of the moment thing because, so I don't know if, if, if you're familiar with this song specifically, but there's a song on, uh, on mess called 56 Malone. And it's like me and my friend Dimash. I remember when we recorded that song, we cut it off after we were done with our verses, but there was more to that beat. Like the beat changed and went into like a different melody. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing that beat and just like, trying to come up with something to like finish off the song we never got we never finished it though but i i remember thinking the first thing that came to my mind was like i'm gonna stick around until the bar yeah. close like <laughs> i just thought that was such a cool way to open like a like a chorus or a hook or whatever but i i ended up never using it and then uh so i don't know if you know that i, I feel like i'm going on six different tangents no nah, you're good <laughs> okay there's another song called send me that beat and it's on my my first my first project yeah, uh, yeah Born i heard that it's produced by this dude, Justice Barrow. Shout out Justice, by the way. He's a fire, fucking phenomenal producer. He makes the, like the most fire fucking beats. Uh, it's, uh, I don't even want to. I don't want to see him stuff his dick, but I probably should. He's really amazing at what he does. He raps too. He's really good too. But um, I do have a he he did I do have a verse on one of his songs too, actually. But anyways, um, so the same guy who produced sent me that beat. That's Justice, the guy I'm talking about. Uh-huh. He just like emailed me this beat out of nowhere and he was like, yo, what do you think of this? And it was like that doom, 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 doom. And then the first thing that popped into my mind after I hadn't thought about it for months was that shit I was trying to do with the match. It was like, I'm going to stick around until the bar closed. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That was like, it's perfect. The bathroom looking like it said, and it just started yeah. like, I don't know what it was about. I don't know what it was about that beat specifically, but it just like, it got my gears fucking turning, dude. I was That's like, awesome. oh my God, man yeah and that song was just like that whole song was just like <laughs> just me being a fucking intoxicated mess you know <laughs> <laughs> was was a story with the uh the girls and trying to catch the train was that was that a real story or is that just oh like yeah that's yeah well oh i don't want to fucking out nobody <laughs> but yeah i went to hang out with a girl in manhattan and she was kind of getting she got a little fucked up you know and i was like listen we i gotta get a train back you know and <laughs> She was like, no, let's hang out. I was like, ah. And I ended up missing the fucking train and shit. You know, it was a whole thing. But, yeah. Nice nice girl, but she just, you know, she just took it a little too far that night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Happens. Um, And then, talking about, like, uh, forward deployed. Yeah. How did you, was that just something you came up with, like, on deployment or actually so yeah well i mean it's obviously you know it's obviously based on depo- my only combat deployment i had was yemen mm-hmm. but except the only so in the beginning i said shout out to mustafa and the boys out there yeah Sana'a. yeah yeah so Sana'a is the capital city of yemen oh so I wanted to, okay yeah i wanted to put it in there because i didn't want to get accused of like trying to like pretend i was in afghanistan or iraq or something mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah yeah so yeah. i put but I also, I didn't want to name a specific country or a specific part of the Middle East because I just wanted like the general deployment experience mm-hmm. 
in a song, you know, and yeah. it's funny. It's actually the reason I wrote that song was because, uh, you know, Donnie O'Malley, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Donnie O'Malley uh, contacted me and he was like, I'd like you to make a song for Vet TV. And I was like, oh, shit. All right. Yeah, no doubt. So I was like, do you want it to be like funny or serious? Do you want it to be on a boom bat beat or like a trap beat or like what kind of song are you looking for? And he goes, I want it to be funny, but like serious, but still have funny elements. And I want it to be to like to a beat that you could like dance to at a club. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a really difficult set of stipulations. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. I was like, that is very good. But I ended up making forward deployed based off of that. And I was like, you know, there's serious parts of that song. There's funny parts of that song. Yeah. It's to like a trap. It's to a trap beat. Like you can get down to that at a, at a club, I guess, if it comes on. Mm-hmm. And I did everything I could to like make it the perfect song. And then I ended up sending it to Donnie and he's like, this is, song is amazing. I love this fucking song. He's like, unfortunately, you know, it's not going to work for what we had in mind. And I was kind of heartbroken, but then he ended up using Welcome to the Infantry in the end credits yeah. of that TV. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> so cool. I was, I was, yeah, I was all, I was like, okay, at least he used something. And then I got to put forward to play it on my album anyway. So I was, yeah, that's, that's a good song too. I, I always liked that one. Yeah, that one's like one of your, that's like your third most uh, played song with about 275,000 plays. So Damn. it's definitely up there. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like that song a lot, but I'll tell you this, performing that song live is fucking difficult. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that song live a couple of times, like at Bastards, and I did a show in New York once. And like, it's such a fast song that like, it's easy to stand in front of a mic and record it. Mm-hmm. But when I'm like running around on stage with the mic and being all active and trying to rap that fast, like t- t- towards the end of it, I'm like out of breath, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, I, I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. And um, TRS, that's another big song of yours too. TRS. Yeah. It's a, that's my sad boy song. Sad boy <laughs> hours. Yeah. That was uh so I, I think I mentioned earlier in the, in the podcast that, um, I came home from Okinawa and I got like broken up with by the the girl who at the time was like the love of my life and mm-hmm. I, you know, all that. And you know, the whole time, my whole last year in the Marine Corps, I was like, Oh, I can't wait to get out. Like I was so like bummed out about her leaving me and all my friends getting out. And I was like, Oh, I can't wait to get out. Cause in my mind getting out of the Marine Corps, like solves all my problems, you know, like right. that's the exact, the exact attitude I try to discourage, I guess, you know, but, yeah. um, yeah, so I ended up getting out, and I was, like, twice as miserable as I was when I was in, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, like, I remember my first job when I was working that maintenance job in that apartment complex. I used to drive around with a golf cart, like, just saying the things I felt, I guess, in, in, like, rap form, if that makes any sense. And TRS was a product of that. I actually wrote that whole song before I even found a beat for it. Really? I just, like, came up with that. Yeah, I came up with that, like, just driving around a golf cart, like, completely. It was just, like, an acapella. That was... I came up with that song before I wrote Birthday Message 15 and just didn't record it until way after. You know what I mean? Oh, shit. Huh. I actually made that song before my first popular song, if so, that makes so sense. So was that yeah. like one of your first songs you made then? Well, I, I guess you could say technically it was one of the first ones I made. Like, But it's not like Birthday Message 15 was the first one I ever posted right. on the internet. But I, TRS was like in my head long before that. I just didn't record it until... Wait, because I remember like I was trying to come up with different songs to put on this, like my first album I was trying to put together. And I remember being like, oh, I, I wrote that or, you know, I came up with that song on that fucking golf cart. Like, let me try to find a beat that goes with it. And yeah, and then that just ended up being fucking TRS, you know, <laughs> that's so sick. That is that's awesome. <laughs> I, I called it TRS, too, because I was like, this is what 
Marines should should listen to before they get out. Not that fucking classroom shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I was going to ask you, did it, has anybody ever like uh messaged you about like some kind of like deals or something or like making it more of a, a professional thing? Um, yeah, well, I guess yes and no. Cause the thing is like, I've, I've gotten like messages from people who, you know, Oh, I know. Yeah. I know this, I know this person who can like hook you up or I know this person X, Y, Z. And whenever, like in the beginning, I was real hungry about it. I was like, yeah, I want to be like big. I want to be a big deal. So like, I would like follow up on these leads and it would always be a dead end, you know, like, you know what I mean? So eventually like, I still get messages to this day, like once in a while, like, dude, my buddy does security for like this rapper. Like you can show him your mixtape or what? I don't know, like shit like that. And I kind of just ignore it now. Cause I'm like, dude, I'm not even yeah i don't even do it anymore really like yeah i don't even make i'm not like out here making albums and shit anymore mm-hmm. so even if something did happen where somebody was like oh yeah we can like hook you up you just kind of like write an album for us dude i would be pulling my fucking hair out it's very ironic I'm yeah. with no hair, but, <laughs> but i'd be like stressed the fuck out trying to come up because i you know i kind of lost the i lost the lust for it in the in recent years i don't know why yeah no i don't i don't blame you i mean it's just it's you know it's been so it's been so long yeah, it's been a lot of years dude a lot of years to be like not a famous person making music for, i mean don't get me wrong I, I i love and i do i do make money off of it so it's beneficial for me but like it's just i just i've been out for so long and I, like for me to write music that like you know the average lower enlist e3 and below or whatever can can relate to mm-hmm. bro i'm fucking 30 years old i turned 31 this summer i'm old yeah. enough to be like a company Mold enough to be like a company gunny. Yeah. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm over here like trying to write music to relate to like the Lance Corporal fucking yeah. underground. Like it's, you know, and and I, I'm just getting to a point where like every year I don't want to be the fucking veteran on the internet who's making the same fucking jokes a million years like, oh, we eat fucking crayons. Da, 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 da. You yeah. know, like it's just, I don't know. It's, it's hard to come up with like something, a super original take on it every year and, and not not become one of these fucking vet bros on the internet that just like makes the same fucking jokes over and over and yeah, shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um okay, so there's two two questions here. So uh my buddy he asks uh how many Applebee's have you been kicked out of? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. So I'm you know the song he's talking about? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I until, think so. Okay. Yeah. So that I have a song called Until the Bar Close. Where oh yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know. Yeah, yeah. Where I make a joke about getting kicked out of an Applebee's so I hate to disappoint my fucking adoring, <laughs> adoring fans, I guess, but I know I've never been kicked out of an I have gotten sloppily, sloppy drunk at an Applebee's and I've had like the manager come and have a chat with me and cut me off, <laughs> but I've never, I've unfortunately, you know, the song is a little bit, uh, it's a little bit Hollywooded up for lack of a better term. So I'm sorry to disappoint, man, but I've never been, <laughs> never been actually kicked out of an Applebee's. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> uh, it's probably honestly a good thing though. No, yeah, that'd be that's that's just embarrassing. Get Applebee's and Wall Come on, it's a family restaurant. You can't get kicked out. Of yeah, yeah. Um, and then another person, uh, and this kind of segues good into it. Um, how uh, how's Montana life differ from living in New York? Oh man, uh, I fucking I love it. Uh, the the only the only I, I would say the only negative thing for me, and this is a personal thing, is like I just don't have a lot of friends out here besides the people I work with. So. Mm-hmm. I'm a little more on the alone side, but I don't mind it so much. You know, I got a peaceful life here. I got a little house to myself. Um, but the gun laws are a million times better here. I can go to the fucking 
you know, I can I can drive over to Shields and buy a handgun whenever I want it. New yeah. York, you want a handgun, dude? <laughs> Good luck. You're gonna be in the you're gonna be in the permit process for a year, and then if you want to carry a handgun, you might as well go fuck yourself. You know, yeah. <laughs> they got they got constitutional carry here. It's a lot safer than New York. It's a lot more peaceful. It's fucking quiet. I, I'm not exact. I've lived here for just shy of a year now, and I'm not. People are gonna think I'm exaggerating when I say this. So I gotta be. I gotta stress that I'm not in any way being hyperbolic. I have not heard a horn honk one time in the state of Montana. And it's a beautiful thing. Cause I went to, I went back to New York to visit some family for Thanksgiving. And every time I would hear people laying on their horns, it was like driving me nuts. I was like, I can't believe I lived here my whole life. This is, I, it's just unbearable. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's just like safer. Like I remember in New York, you know, like getting on the subways, like I always was looking over my shoulder, pulling into Penn station. There's like a fucking, uh, uh, a bivouac site of homeless people, like begging <laughs> you to buy them a beer and shit. Like, I just don't, I mean, I'm not saying that it's perfect that there's no homeless people here, but it's just, there's not, they're not getting like harassed by them every fucking 10 yeah. feet you walk. And it's just, it's cleaner. People seem to like care about each other here. It's weird. Like my, I was dating a girl when I first moved out here. And um, when I was like moving my furniture into the house, she like starts talking to my neighbor. She's like, Oh, I'll bring you some. My family just made some uh, zucchini bread. I'll bring you some. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I don't know them, you know? And she's like, that's how it is out here. You got to, say hi to your neighbor i was like dude if i did that shit in brooklyn hey you want some bread i'm just moved in they'd be like are you a serial killer get off my porch you know like, <laughs> like people out here are just friendlier it's just like i don't know it's just more peaceful and nice out here i like it all. don't another thing though another negative though is definitely the weather is way worse <laughs> oh yeah yeah up north it's it gets i'm sure especially around now it gets it gets pretty cold oh man it's brutal dude there's nights like especially at night dude it'll get down to like negative 25 sometimes oh jeez yeah, there's nights when I was, remember I told you I trained at this MMA gym here. And most of the time when I'm leaving the gym, it's dark out. And like, I, now I have sweat on my body. And mm -hmm. I walk outside, it's like negative 10, negative 15. And dude, it hurts to be outside. Like it physically is Yeah, to yeah, like I know outside. what you mean. That shit sucks. <laughs> yeah, when uh, when we were in Norway, it was so cold. I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, yeah, sucked. you did Bridgeport, huh? Yeah, we went to Bridgeport, but Bridgeport was not as bad as Norway. Norway was horrible. It was Damn, okay. It was cold. I guess I should count my blessings because the coldest I ever experienced in the Marines was on campus unit itself. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> but I, I guess I got lucky, dude. I never did that Bridgeport shit. Thank God I didn't do that. I'm a I'm a big pussy when it comes to the cold. Oh, I am too. I hate the cold. It's horrible. Yeah. You will never catch I told, me in the I, cold. I always tell the people I work with. Cause I'm, you know, I spent a lot of time, you know, out in the in the field as you know, we called it in the military, but mm -hmm. spent a lot of time living in a tent in the woods. And I always told everybody I work with, like, if we had to do this shit in the winter, I would never do this job in a million years, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, another question, uh, that someone had was, uh, Rangers or Islanders? <laughs> oh yeah. So that's another guy I'm going to disappoint, man. I'm a bad <laughs> thousand. I actually, I've never been a big, I've never been big into like watching sports really. Uh, okay. I didn't like grow up. I mean, I guess, you know, the thing is like my family was super, I got, my mother's a diehard Yankees fan and my uncle's a diehard Mets fan. And like every time there was a game on, they'd be like yelling at each other and cursing at each other about the fucking game or whatever, you know, like, and I guess I, it was like in my head as a kid, like, I want to stay away from that shit. You know, I don't yeah. want, <laughs> I don't want to ever feel so strongly about a sports team. That I'm going to curse out my sister or something, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never, I, I never got into watching the sports. I never got to watch, but whatever team he likes, that's the team I like. So I'll just say that. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> um, 
So how did you get into the whole firefighting thing? Because I think that's super cool. I, I remember uh, seeing your stories and posts and stuff about you going out there and doing that. Yeah, sorry, I dropped something. My bad. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, so, you yeah, know, the way I got into it was, uh, so actually my my last job that I had before I left New York, I was a, a project manager for a construction company. And uh, I don't know how the fuck I got hired to do that because I did a six-month trade school for like HVAC work. So I was not qualified to be a project manager of, mm. of a, you know, so like, I, I was I was getting paid well enough, but like I didn't know what I was doing every day, and it's like, I, like I feel like as a man, like walking into work every day and like just being completely lost and being incompetent and not knowing what you're doing mm-hmm. is one of the worst feelings I, like I could possibly imagine. It's, it was I was miserable. Like every day, I would like show up to work and like sit in my car until like the last second I had to be in in there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like one of those type of things. Yeah. And, yeah. I was just, oh, I was, I hated that job. You know, I hated that job so much. Not because the company sucked. I just, it wasn't for me, you know? And I was an office guy. I was like sitting at a desk all day. So like, I just, you know, I like to be active and shit, you know? But, uh, so I ended up, I had a buddy of mine who was in my squad, uh, when I was in three, six, he was in my squad for about, for about two years. And I saw him posting all over Instagram and shit that he was doing that shit. And I honestly, I hadn't thought twice about it, but I had eventually I had just gotten so fed up with like my uh what's the word uh I guess like my mediocre lifestyle I was working my little office job and plus I still lived in New York so I'm, I was renting a room for $900 a month you know <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so I eventually I just like I fuck it was total like I winged it completely I just like called him one day and I was like hey man like how do you get into doing that type of shit and he he's like oh I'll give you my boss's number and <laughs> you apply on this website I go no shit just like that he's like yep I go, okay. So I, I end up like getting, like calling, calling him and telling him, Hey, I just applied, you know, I spoke to my buddy, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm interested in, in doing that kind of work. And he was like, all right, we did an interview right there on the phone. And uh, a couple of weeks later, he sent me an email like, Hey, you're hired. And I was like, dude, it can't, there's no way. Like, you know, and yeah. I feel kind of, I feel kind of shitty telling you that story because I've had like random people reach out to me and like ask me, Oh, how do I get into that? And I always, I always tell them where to apply, but I'm definitely not about to like give a reference for somebody that I've never met. Or yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, I mean, if you don't know, you know them, yeah, if you don't know them, yeah. Like, so that's I don't want people to, I don't, yeah, I don't want people to hear this and then message me and be like, hey, like hook me up, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, <laughs> it's not that. It's, it's not that. It's not that easy, you know. But yeah, so I ended up uh, going out. I, I drove from fucking New York to Montana, and then wow. my first season, I was living out of my car because I didn't have a place here. Uh-huh. so like you don't get a whole lot of time off anyways but in my time off i would like me and my buddy would like split a hotel room so we could like take mm-hmm. a shower you know yeah, it was yeah. like kind of roughing it a little bit so I, I came back to new york for the off season after my first season and i just all the reasons i listed before why new york kind of sucks i said dude like dude i live the house i'm in right now i have it i have a two-bedroom house to myself and i'm paying less than what i paid for a room in new york you know mm-hmm and all the other reasons so i was like dude my job's out there there's a way better like quality of life out there it's way more affordable to live there like why wouldn't i so i just kind of upped and moved out here i just i'm going into my third season coming up uh, in a month now i start i start next month in my third uh season and then so what do you guys do day to day doing that uh well it depends a lot on fire activity like my first and second season were very different my first season 
you know, we went out to a, a couple of fires, but the, when we weren't on fires, we were kind of just um, hanging out at the station. You could just like work out at the station. If there's administrative stuff to be done, we'll do that. But on fires, like it varies so greatly. You know, the most of the time you're going to be out there for 14 days. That's how it works. Mm -hmm. So you keep all your bags and your pack and everything has to be squared away for you to be out on a fire for 14 full days, right? So you'll, you'll show up like day one on the fire, you know, you'll get briefed and everything. And then I guess it's hard to like say like, Oh, day to day, we'll do this because it's always different. Like sometimes you'll do road prep. If it's like a massive fucking, like the one I was on in California in 2020, mm -hmm. the fire was so fucking big that we'd get like a day ahead of it. And we'd like prep road. Like we, you know, cut out a bunch of fuel and prep the road to slow it down when it gets there a day later. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that does make sense. Yeah. But then there's sometimes where it's kind of a more of a you're, it's more like I guess I don't want to say like action packed like I don't want to make it sound all Hollywood and shit. But there are days where you're like right on the edge of the fire with flames like whipping you like singeing your beard hairs off and you're frantically like digging out all the fucking all the fuel in front of it trying to you know put a fire break in the ground and you're you're having to like stop and go throw up because you breathed in so much smoke and shit like yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I was gonna. So Oh, some days are more exciting. No, no, that's okay. Some days are more exciting than others is all I was going to say. That's all. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, because um, I remember seeing in 2020 how bad the fire was, and I know you were out there, and um, I was kind of thinking, about, I was like, how do you guys really even, like, fight those fires? Like, how the fuck do you stop that? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of, like, digging and cutting shit out of its way. So you guys you just kind of, is it, is it what, what do you mean by the digging? So, uh, let's say there's, like, uh, a big open field full of like sagebrush, for example. Mm -hmm. Sagebrush is going to burn very hot and very quickly. So what we'll do is we'll put in like, it's called like fire break line. People who are like in the Marines on the West Coast probably would like know more about it because there's actually fire breaks like dug around Pendleton and shit. <laughs> but uh, so you're essentially, you're putting a line in the dirt and you're cutting out all the fuel. Like we'll have chainsaws go out ahead of the diggers and cut out all the big shit and then the guys with the hand tools will just like cut all the fuel out and you'll make this like 18 inch wide uh i don't i don't remember the exact dimensions of it forgive me my not i need to be hazed if you forgot my knowledge <laughs> but uh you'll dig out this like 18 inch wide and like maybe a foot or so deep fire break so that when the fire burns up to that it's there's no fuel for it to burn pat through that line oh, if that okay so you're kind of you're either stopping it completely or you're slowing it down a great deal, which gives then you can get out ahead of it and put in like better preparations for when it gets there. And there's also we we use air. There's like planes and helicopters that drop water and fire retardant mm -hmm. on the edges of the fire. And there's uh you know, we'll have engines with hoses, but you know, I was on a hand crew, so we we would go a lot of the places where they couldn't get a vehicle, but sometimes we'll have engines like attached to us. It's almost like having like a weapons like attachment to your squad you know mm -hmm. and the engines will have hoses so that when you're putting in that line if if the fire like jumps that line a little bit they'll just blast it with a hose to keep it contained while you're digging shit like that you know oh, okay huh that's all pretty cool and then so i guess were you, was it like a lot of hiking a lot of like moving around or was oh it... yeah dude the, i i gotta say man so the marine corps being in the marine corps sucks a lot worse for a lot of different reasons so i don't want anyone to get it confused but in terms of like physical labor mm -hmm. this is the hardest shit i've ever done in my life really oh man it like 
it fucking any I'm, I'm i'm talking about strictly in terms of like physical output it blows the fucking marines out of the water i was honestly shocked because everybody it's not like the marines at all people aren't like mean to you when you show up and shit you know like everyone's everyone's pretty friendly and chill so i was kind of like shocked at how hard the work was because i was like how do these people fucking smile all day like this fucking blows you know <laughs> you're like lugging around a chainsaw you're hiking around. especially me like i grew up on flat ground at sea level mm-hmm. you come out here you're hiking up a fucking mountain with a chainsaw and a pack on and you're at like nine thousand feet you can barely draw a fucking full breath you know Jeez, yeah it's bad. I never, I never fell out of shit. The whole time I was in the Marines, I never fell out of nothing. My whole first season, I never fell out of nothing. This last season, I actually fell behind on two of the hikes. I managed to keep going and like, I, you know, I kept up and shit, but like mm-hmm. I fell behind the pack a couple of times. Like, it's never happened to me in my life before. This, it's no joke, dude. It's, it's fucking brutal. Jeez. And what happens if uh, dudes like heat case, do, do they, is there, I guess like the equivalent of safety VIX or something, or is it? No. Well, a lot of times we're in a place that we can't, take a vehicle so we like well sometimes we'll have somebody carry uh like a litter like a little portable litter mm-hmm. so god forbid someone goes down you know we can like carry them out i've never seen someone you know full-on like pass out but there's definitely times where guys were like dude i need to like sit down for a minute i'm fucking die. I've, I've had that like i was on a fire and uh fuck when i don't know I've been, they all kind of messed together but there was one i was running a chainsaw we were doing hotline which is what i was talking about before when you're cutting shit out like right on the fire's edge you know Mm -hmm. and we got there we hiked in it was like three miles in we hiked in and uh we started cutting at like one in the afternoon like the hottest part of the day with like the fire whipping right in front of you and we kept going until like one o'clock in the morning we didn't stop till like one in the morning and uh i remember i just breathed in so much smoke and i was working so hard i ended up like throwing up a bunch of times and you know my fucking stupid ego i was like trying to keep going i was like oh no my, my, my buddy I was with was like, yo, hand me the saw, bro. Like, go take a minute. And I was like, no, no, I'm going to finish the tank. But then I threw up again. And one of the, one of like the guys in the leadership position saw me throwing up and he was like, yo, give him the saw and go fucking sit down, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like sitting down with a bunch of like throw up and snot in my facial hair and shit. Like oh, I looked geez. so, I looked so pathetic, just like chugging water out of my little Nalgene, like yeah. <laughs> on the verge of passing out. That was one of the worst nights of, of this, of all the, all the shit I've done. That was like one of my worst nights. And I, I assume, so when you guys go to rack out, I assume you guys got to like hike probably a crazy distance to stay ahead of it. Yeah, well, again, it's all, like, situation-dependent, I guess. Like, sometimes they'll have established fire camps. Mm-hmm. Um, the crew I'm on is a, is an IA crew, which is initial attack. So we have enough, like, food and tools and batteries and shit in our trucks to last us a couple of days before they can set a camp up. So sometimes we'll just go out and, like, live out of the trucks and eat MREs and we'll sleep. Oh, you're you know, eating we'll, MREs again. Yeah, once in a while. Oh. A lot of times... Sometimes we'll have good food at the camps and sometimes they'll even airlift us in like decent food. Uh-huh. But a lot of times on, on an IA crew, you'll be out there like on your own for a couple of days. So those are the days, yeah, we'll end up cracking open an MRE, oh, which geez. it's not so bad. It's not so bad because it's in moderation. It's not like the mm-hmm. Marines where you ate at three meals a day oh, every yeah, single yeah. day, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that's just so, so you said there's uh you're on an immediate like action crew or initial attack crew. I mean, yeah, and then, yeah. um, so are there like different kind of crews, I guess, or? Yeah, it's like I was relating it before. There's It's kind of like MOSs in the Marines, I guess. So you have like your hand crews, which I'm on a hand crew. And I would, I guess I would compare that to being an 11. You're just like the mm-hmm. the ditch digger, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you have your engine crews, which I guess I would compare to like weapons because they, you know, 
they have the big the engines and the big hoses and shit they they come to help you out you know if if there's something that you absolutely cannot contain with just hand tools alone they'll come with water and they'll help you mop up and stuff like that and they got the the air you know they got like pilots and shit like i was saying before that you know do water and retardant drops and all that and then um you know there's fuels crews which all they do is run chainsaws and they'll they'll be like super qualified on chainsaws they'll be able to like drop these fucking massive trees that you're not allowed to go near because it's way beyond your skill level you know mm-hmm. uh yeah i mean a lot of it slipped my like i said i've only been doing it for two seasons so like i'm not a fucking expert by any means but yeah there's a there's a lot of different different types of uh yeah. crews for different types of situations i guess you know yeah i was gonna say because it seems like that's uh that involves a massive amount of people Oh yeah, some of the the one in California I was on, man, it must have been. I think there was more firefighters in the at the fire camp than lived in the town that we were staying in. If that makes oh, sense, geez, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, sometimes they're they're sometimes it's if it's a small little fire, it'll be like one hand crew and one engine out there taking care of it. But on the bigger fires, you'll have like a a fuck. The fire camp looks like its own town. Like you'll have like mm-hmm. hundreds of people there, you know, working on that one fire or whatever. Yeah, that makes that makes sense because I imagine um, they probably pull a lot of people from the state and then just volunteers from uh, all over the country. Oh yeah, yeah, the one in Cali, they were pulling in fucking whoever. <laughs> There's yeah. like volleys who haven't volleys who haven't been near a fire in two months. We're like on this massive wildfire in California, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and how how far did it spread? Um, so we were there for thirty days in uh, the month of September in 2020. We got there. We got there August 31st. I'll never forget that because it's my birthday. Oh. <laughs> we, got the, we got there August 31st and we stayed until like September 28th or 9th or something. And by the time we left, the fire was like, it had already burnt like 800,000 acres. Jeez. That's and an gross. acre, like an acre is about a football field. So you could imagine how fucking huge. Yeah. And then it, it still, even after we left, even after our crew had lived out its usefulness, you know, the, um, it was still going for months after that it must have burnt i think it burnt over it was the biggest wildfire in california's history as of october 2020 when right after we left it was the biggest fire in california's history didn't it start because of some gender reveal or something for someone's uh, baby is that not Not that one not that one there was a fire in california that was started because of that but that was that wasn't the one i was on oh okay yeah uh i don't or was it i don't do you do you remember how that one started the one I uh, actually no, I have no fucking recollection. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm honest with you. I'm Most on... of the, I'll, I'll tell you though, the vast vast majority of the fires that we go on are started by lightning strikes and like natural causes. But oh really? Every once in a while, it's started by someone being fucking retarded. Like there was a uh, one fire we were on last year, the Robertson Draw Fire in Montana. If you ever like get bored and want to Google it, it was a massive fucking fire. The thing ran like twenty five thousand acres the first night we got there. And it started, we got there, it was like 400 acres. We managed to stop the fire on one side. We put this like huge hand line in going up this fucking mountain. It's a miserable day. And we went to, we went to bed that night, woke up the next morning, and the fire had ran 25,000 acres the other way from where we stopped it. <laughs> but that one, that one was started by somebody who was on a motorcycle on a path with signs everywhere that said no vehicles on this path because it's very prone to wildfires. <laughs> And his motorcycle made some kind of spark or something. And so the guy ended up going to fucking prison for arson because yeah. uh, a bunch of people, a bunch of people's houses got destroyed and shit. It was no oh, joke. Yeah. It was fucking, it was crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's insane how how these start with something so simple and then it just burns down half the state. <laughs> yeah, it's like one little spark. You know, it's like you know, it, it's funny. Um, you know, like the Smokey Smokey the Bear, Wildfire, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, I always thought that was just like a kids' cartoon, but that's actually a a real like mascot of like out here. There's like Smokey the Bear posters in the fire stations and yeah. shit. <laughs> and I always think about that. Only you can prevent forest fires. I was like, I guess that guy wasn't reading the fucking Smokey sign when he rode his motorcycle down that path that jerk off. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, how heavy are your guys' packs when you're when you're hiking around out there? um they're not they're not too bad it's nowhere near like the shit you carried in the marines that's one thing oh, we got okay. going for us. it's yeah it's not and we're not wearing like flak jackets and kemlars and shit oh, so yeah, yeah. Your, you know so it's it's not nearly the weight it's just the kind of terrain you're on is what makes it suck so bad but you're carrying typically you're typically carrying like either one or two meals depending on how long you're going to be out that day um you're carrying a rain jacket um some kind of waterproofing like a tarp and then if you're on a saw you're usually carrying like a spare parts bag for the saw. Like we can call it a saw kit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, like a flashlight and I'm sure I'm forgetting something, but you know, just basic, like, I guess, field craft type of shit. If right, you need it. You know? right. And then the heaviest thing is going to be all your water. You got to carry a shit ton of water on you because a lot of times they can't get vehicles out there to like resupply you. So you have to have a fuck ton of water. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then, when shit i just forgot what i was gonna ask you um <laughs> that's all right <laughs> oh okay My so, fault, yeah, I talk no so much. no you're good you're good you're good i just remember <laughs> so you remember that video where uh a bunch of dudes bunch were of... driving their uh pickup trucks they were on like one of the crews and they ended up in the middle of uh the fire on some road um I don't know if you remember it, but it, it was like pretty bad. Like they were like pretty, uh, pretty stuck. They were all yelling and shit on the radio. And, um, when they finally got out of it, cause it was like pitch black, like it was the middle of the night and then they got uh, out of it. It's like the middle of the day. I don't know if you saw that video. I, I might have, I, but they show us so many of those in like our training and shit. Mm-hmm that they all kind of mess together. I, I, I'm sure I have, but I can't like remember the specific. Yeah. I was just going to say like, how do they end up in that? Like so close to, so close to the fires and stuff. Well, I mean, they, they, there's a lot of, believe it or not, there is a, a lot of safety precautions. Like, they, like things like that, where people end up getting trapped um, is actually a huge deal. Like mm-hmm. if, 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 even if nobody gets hurt, if you wind up in an entrapment and you have to like deploy your fire shelters and shit, they're writing up these like huge incident reports and those incident reports are getting used for training for like the next group of guys or whatever, you know? Right. So there's a lot of safety precautions. Typically like when people end up getting, and again, I want to preface this by saying I've only been doing this two seasons and I'm no expert. And like, I could be saying things that are incorrect and, you know, so don't like take what I'm saying as like the gospel of, of wildland fire, you know? Mm-hmm. But, um, like I'm still basically a boot in, in terms of like firefight, you know what I mean? Right. Right. <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, a lot of times it's just like, I, I, it sounds so cliche, but it's a lot of times it is complacency. You know, you'll be on a fire that hasn't been active for a couple of days and guys start, Oh, I'm going to leave my fire shelter in the truck. I don't want to carry it or, you know, or, Oh, we can drive down this road and sit here and we don't have to worry about getting to the safety zone because this fire hasn't really acted up in a couple of days. And then, all it takes is like a real dry, hot day and a strong wind and a fire that's been dead for three days can be the worst fucking inferno you've ever seen. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. 
so you know from what i've from what i've been taught and from like my opinion from like the in my short time doing it a lot of times it's it's just it's a little bit of complacency where people kind of they've been doing it a long time and you know they're like oh i've seen this situation before we'll be fine if we go here or we sit in this spot and it turns out it wasn't you know <laughs> yeah yeah i was gonna say too what, what's a fire shelter because i've heard of those before um oh uh so we carry them like on the bottom part of our packs they're always attached to it that's why we always have to have our packs on which kind of sucks because they're you know working with a pack on your back's pain in the ass but um they're basically it's like the best way I, I can't explain like all the science behind it but the best way i could explain it it's basically like you know those like thermal blankets mm -hmm. They almost look like tinfoil. They're not tinfoil, obviously, but they look like tinfoil. Right, yeah. It's like that. It's like that. And basically, if you're in a position where you're like completely entrapped by a fire, you, uh, you're you supposed to ideally, if you have time to do it, you like find a spot where there's not a lot of fuel so the fire won't get under it. You dig out like a little, almost like a little skirmisher, like a hasty little skirmisher. And you, you pull the fire shelter out of the case on your pack and you like throw it over your body and you get like underneath it. Mm -hmm. and um it'll keep the the heat from it's still gonna be it's still gonna be awful from the way it's explained to me like people have been so hot in there like just the, the skin on their hands has like been super singed oh, and they get dirty but it's better than not having it on and just yeah, dying yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> and it has saved it has saved countless people's lives so they're super important but if you have to use it though you're already like somebody already fucked up pretty bad pretty big time for you to have to use it in the first place you yeah. know yeah, I was gonna say, how much, how hot can it be that it'll? Does it like re, um, reflect heat, or how does it, how does it work? I, I again, um, I, you know, I, I'm not. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. I ha I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, I have sat in a class and like learned this shit. You know, so right. I guess I'm not, I'm not the most studious guy in the world. I couldn't explain like the science behind how it works, though. You know what I mean? Oh, gotcha. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, my fucking fridge just made ice, and I like freaked out. I thought somebody was like breaking in my house. <laughs> That'd be crazy but, um, in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> middle of a podcast, I'm just start boom, boom, boom. You know, I start <laughs> dumping, and start dumping hollow points into somebody in my kitchen. That'd be sick. But <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, like I, again, I I couldn't explain to you like the the specific science behind how they works, but it definitely you know it it just Jesus, Christ, I'm turning my ice maker off. Hold on. <laughs> He scared the shit out of me two times in a row. But yeah, I just I basically know that they they prevent the heat from it prevents the heat from becoming as extreme as it could be if you weren't under the thing. Gotcha. You know? Yeah, that, it's still I mean, it's still sense. it's still very miserable and uncomfortable. I've never been under one in a fire, only in training, mm -hmm. but from yeah, what I true. hear in the in the classes and shit, it's still very miserable to be in that thing with a fire around you it's going to be unbearably yeah. fucking hot but it's better than not having it on you know yeah absolutely yeah that's all pretty crazy man that's like uh that's and i imagine that stuff pays pretty well uh well so here's the thing about it it does uh, I, like i i'm very well taken care of as far as mm -hmm. money but uh you don't make a lot of money on paper oh uh, really it's just yeah it's just the amount of hours you do and you're like so like last year, last year was a really busy fire year. So we were out for 14 days. We'd come back for our two days of R&R, &R, three days sometimes if they were feeling generous. And then you're out for another 14. Then you're back for two, out for 14. Mm -hmm. So you have 14-day periods where you're not spending a fucking dime. Yeah. And you're, yeah getting, and, you're getting, and you're getting paid for like 16, sometimes 24 hours if you're you know up through the night. Mm -hmm. 
And for two weeks, you're getting that. And on top of that, you know, you get all your regular overtime rates. So you're getting time and a half, anything past eight. Oh, okay. You're getting, you're getting hazard pay. You're getting uh, overtime all day on weekends. We get a Sunday differential. On holidays, you get double time, you know. Uh, so, like, after a 14-day roll, even though, like, my pay on paper is, like, I think right now I just, I just got a promotion and they, like, upped it a little bit. I'm, like, getting – I'm making, like, 15 bucks an hour, which isn't a lot. But when you – consider like a 14 day roll sometimes you'll come out of it with even at my my very low level in the gs4 or I, actually i'm starting as a gs4 this year i was a gs3 my first two seasons i was coming out of a 14 day roll with a three thousand dollar paycheck sometimes you know oh wow yeah that's pretty nice yeah so it is you do you know you are taken care of as far as money but if you like look on paper at what you make it's actually not a lot if that right makes yeah sense, yeah i know what you, you know yeah yeah i was gonna say though you, you sound like you have a really big passion for this Oh, I love, dude, I fucking love, it just, you know, not to sound all cor like the corny fucking, <laughs> you know, veterans talk about this shit all the time and it's kind of like played out, but you know, you miss having like this sense of purpose. Yeah, like serving, yeah, no, it's serving cool. your country. And I got that back, you know, I got like, I work with a great group of guys. I got a sense of purpose. I like feel like I'm serving my country again in, in some way, you know, like, mm -hmm. it's a, and again, like, uh, you know, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. I lived on Long Island for a couple of years. I'm not much of a nature guy, mm -hmm. but I come out here, I get to see these beautiful mountains and rivers and fucking deers running around and like i've never seen shit like that in my life you know yeah so, yeah that's pretty cool i was gonna say I'm, I, I'm sure you get to see some pretty cool views and stuff yeah man this whole state looks like a fucking postcard it's so it's i'm talking too much though i don't want a bunch of people moving here so yeah. fuck off <laughs> if you don't live here <laughs> but yeah. i already get i already get i already get dirty looks out here because i still got a fucking new york plates on my car I might as well be a fucking californian you know yeah <laughs> that's all super cool though man that's really really cool um, yeah, it's a sweet gig yeah i think uh i think i got all the questions and stuff answered too and um let me just double check here so somebody doesn't hit me up oh you fucking dick you didn't fucking you didn't ask me <laughs> yeah, a question take your time, take your time. <laughs> definitely take your time man don't don't skip anyone's questions um Yeah, no, that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. But yeah, man. Um, yeah, I think I got all my my questions answered and stuff too. Uh, dude, this was sick. This was really, really sick. No, it was my pleasure, man. I haven't got to talk nonstop for an hour in God knows how long. So this is actually very, <laughs> very therapeutic for me. I like that. Yeah. I don't shut my fucking mouth, dude. <laughs> um, I guess what do you what do you do when you're not um when you're not super busy with all this stuff? What's what's your uh, downtime like? Uh, well, that's the thing is like, it kind of, so because I work the, the kind of hours I work in the summer are like ridiculous. I'm working like, you know, 120 hour weeks regularly mm -hmm. all summer, but then in the winter time, um, since I'm a laid off federal employee, I'm entitled to unemployment mm -hmm. that on top of that, on top of the money I make from people streaming my music. Thank you guys very much, by the way, God bless you guys, because <laughs> you know, in the winter time, I like, I just kind of chill. I don't, <laughs> I don't have to work enough. It's that's sweet. It's beautiful, yeah. It's yeah, a beautiful made. thing. I wake up when I want, I get a workout in, I go train, you know, I actually, for the first time in my life this year, uh, back in October, I went hunting for the first time ever. Oh, really? Yeah. And I got a freezer full of fucking deer and turkey that I killed and shit. It's like, I feel like a real man in the woods these days, yeah. you know, this little, little kid from Brooklyn, New York. I grew up in row houses in Brooklyn. I could hear my neighbors sneezing through the wall and yeah. now I'm 
I'm going out on this open prairie to shoot a fucking deer like some kind of Davy Crockett motherfucker. You know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, dude, that's awesome, man. That's actually super awesome. Glad to hear yeah, that for cool. you, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah um, nice. But yeah, man. I get. Thank you for uh, thank you for coming on the podcast, man. This was this was super cool. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, dude. I've yeah. always been a big was... fan too. So this is just like I'm I'm still sitting here geeking out that I'm talking to you right now. <laughs> I ain't shit, buddy. I promise you. If you hung out with me for an hour, you'd be sick of me. <laughs> but um, yeah, man. Uh, have a good one, man. And uh, to everybody else, we'll uh, we'll see you next time on the podcast.